There it is, the kick on the way, and that kick is knuckling for the upright, and it's good! Just gets out of the upright. Chase McGrath wins the game for Tennessee, and here they come. Everybody sharing in the celebration. The student section mobbing the field. They're mobbing Chase McGrath. They're mobbing Hendon Hooker. What jubilation in Big Orange country as the Tennessee Volunteers end a 15-game losing streak to the Alabama Crimson Tide. That's the great Bob Kessling on the call. Tennessee knocks off Bama last year, and he joins us live from beautiful Knoxville, Tennessee. Legendary voice of the Vols. Bob, good morning, sir. How are you today? I'm doing great. Good to talk to you again. That's great to talk to you, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing you again when you come to Norman next year. Yeah, I mean, that's still trying to settle in. You know, that we they had the series set up, and it looked like, going to be canceled and then suddenly texas and oklahoma joins the league and heading back out to norman so uh it, it'll be a lot of fun i you know it's going to be really interesting to see how the whole complexion of the sec changes um you know there was already one change when they expanded and and uh and now that we've got this big time expansion with oklahoma and texas it's it's going to be really interesting and and i'm just glad that uh that uh, Tennessee and Oklahoma are going to play again. I think that uh, we enjoyed our the, the two previous games recently, and now these next couple hope there'll be a bunch of them. Yeah, and it'll be fun to see Josh Heupel back in Norman again, and uh, all that. It'll be a bunch of hoopla around that game, whatever it takes. You got place. that right. Yeah, you got that right. I would imagine there's a tremendous amount of optimism in Knoxville going into this season, coming off the tremendous uh, season of a year ago. Yeah, last year was special. You know, it's amazing in a college football season. Uh, you know, when you beat Alabama, you don't expect to lose to South Carolina, but uh, that that kind of was what happened. And in the way Tennessee lost uh, South Carolina last year, uh, that derailed a lot of the things they'd worked so hard to, you know, get to be number one and being a chance to get in the college football playoffs and end the hooker maybe winning the Heisman Trophy and all that went down on that one night in Norman, I mean, in uh, Columbia. And uh, so that's one thing uh, that was uh, kind of a learning process, I guess, that you, you got to be ready in this league to play every single night. And uh, so you, you would think that Josh Heupel and the team learned a lot from that. And now they go into this season with momentum off the Orange Bowl, went over Clemson and 
Tennessee has an advantage, I think, over a bunch of teams because they know not only who their starting quarterback is, they know who their backup quarterback is, and that's all settled before the season. You know, a lot of teams in this league are still trying to figure out who their starting quarterback is. But Joe Milton has had the job since Hendon Hooker went down last year, and uh, Joe has uh, really matured. I mean, he should be mature now. This is his sixth year in college football, so uh, he's one of the most uh, experienced guys out there. Uh, there's no doubt that that Joe Milton has all the tools to be a great quarterback. Uh, he's got size. He can run. He's got a bazooka on his arm. He can throw it 70, 80 yards if he has to. He's got talented wide receivers who have a lot of speed. Uh, he's got his all his running backs are coming back. The, they they're having some uh, things issues in the offensive line right now, but hopefully they'll have time to get those worked out before they open the season. But uh, there's a lot of things to like about the Tennessee offense, and of course you've got one of the, the great play callers dialing it up in Josh Heupel. So there are a lot of things to like about it. How do you compare and contrast Joe Milton to Hendon Hooker, like skill set wise? Well, you know, the one thing about Hendon Hooker was the fact that he could make snap decisions quickly, and, and that's a key in Josh Heifel's offense. He would not hesitate if, he, you know, he looks here, here, and then all of a sudden it's not open and he takes off running and picks up the first down and you move the chains. Uh, it seems like, at least to, to us that are observing this and really don't know exactly what the thought process is, it looks like Joe is a little bit slower making those decisions. Uh, Hendon was brilliant in terms of make, throwing the ball to the right guy at the right time and getting them out of bad plays, getting them into good plays, and, and basically running what Josh Heupel dials up. Joe has had his issues in the past that, uh, when he was at Michigan and early at Tennessee about some of the decision-making uh, and about you know when to deliver the ball and all those type things. Uh, but Hendon Hooker and, and Joe – you know, here's Hendon Hooker beats out Joe for the job, and yet they're, they're roommates. And they they still talk almost every day. So they're very, very close. And I think Joe learned a lot about composure, about what it takes to be a quarterback from Hendon Hooker. Uh, when, even when Hendon got hurt during the whole time, the Orange Bowl preparation, uh, I mean, Hendon was there with Joe every single day going over the game plan and watching film with him and everything. So he's really – and Joe's been kind of a sponge. I just – I think it's going to be really interesting to see, uh, you know, Joe's touch on the ball. Uh, now, we all know he can throw the long ball. I mean, he can throw it 70 yards if he has to. But it's the underneath stuff, the checkoffs and those things that he's got to be better in decision-making. And all the indications are that uh, he's learned a lot, and he should be a lot better at that this year. And if he is, this offense is really going to be something because they can stretch the field. I mean, if you're a defensive back and you know the quarterback can throw it 70 yards yeah. and you've got guys that can run, I mean, that, that puts a lot of pressure on a secondary. Dynamic offense last year. Good on defense, but could have been better. Do you have reason to believe that they could take a step forward defensively this year? Well, it's, that all depends on the defensive line. They've got to be able to get more pressure on the quarterback. Um, you know, the, the the Tennessee offense is going to run 70 to 90 plays a game. Well, that means they, they score quickly, and that puts your defense right back out there on the field. And your mm -hmm. defense can get worn down, obviously, in this situation, unless you have a lot of depth. 
And that's one thing Tennessee's been working on, trying to get depth. They went in the transfer portal, and they got you know a linebacker or two. They went in and got a couple of defensive linemen. So they're tr- and uh, they're trying to build that up. They did lose the, the, their dynamic pass rusher in Byron Young. He's in the uh, NFL now, and uh, so they're hoping uh, Tyler Barron or somebody is going to step up and and be that pass rusher. But I, I think the next step for the Tennessee defense is be able to get pressure uh, on their with their down linemen on the quarterback, and uh, so they don't have to blitz linebackers. And they've got to force more turnovers. They they were not very good last year in forcing turnovers, and they've got to do that. They you know the more times that offense gets the ball, the more times they got a chance to score, and the defense has to do a better job of that. And that's one thing they've been working on. Other than win, and I understand that's number one on the list, but other than that, what is it that Josh Heupel has done so right at Tennessee so far? You know, I think that a lot of these SEC jobs and, and probably jobs in the, in the Big 12, you've probably seen it too in your time covering games, uh, these programs can get away from coaches if they're not prepared to be a head coach. Because there's so many things. When you slide over from a coordinator to the head coach, that's a big jump. And there, there are all kinds of demands on your time. You're getting pulled different ways. And if you don't budget your time and concentrate on the mission that day, things get away from you. And we've seen it here at Tennessee with some of the previous coaches. This job, though, was not too big for Josh Heupel. Uh, he came in and the program was in a mess. Everybody knew it and uh, NCAA investigation and all of that, and they only had about 60 scholarship players. But Josh Eichel came right in and said, listen, these are our guys. We're going to coach them up. We're going to play as best we can. And, uh, and, and that confidence kind of rubbed off on the team. And uh, then suddenly they, they hit the magic with Hendon Hooker, and we're able to make some plays and get to a bowl game in and, and that first year, which I don't think anybody expected. But then uh, Oklahoma fans – Remember, Josh has been a very confident quarterback and a very confident, uh, you know, guy when he was an assistant coach there, and that that really has rubbed off here. He uh, just, you can tell watching the players, they believe in him, and if he dials up a play, they think if they do their job, they're going to score a touchdown. So, it's it's been fun to watch. Uh, he he just is very, and I keep using the word confident, but he's very confident in his ability. And he's very confident that his staff can coach up players. And so far, they've been able to do that. How's he been with the media? He, he Even as, as a player, he was always kind of coach speak and dry. Great, but, yeah. you know, not overly entertaining. How's he been with yeah. the media there? Uh, that, that probably sums it up a little bit. He's You know, you sit there and you listen to some of his press conferences, and you're not exactly sure what he has told you. He's talked quite a bit, <laughs> but you're not exactly sure – what he has told you, he doesn't, uh, you know, he's, he's not going to uh, open the can of worms on his, how his offense works or uh, injuries. He just refuses to talk about injuries and, and schemes. And, and he'll, uh, he, he does quite a bit of the coach speech stuff, but, uh, but he, he, he's been really good. To, I mean, the one thing that Josh Heupel has done, and I complimented him uh, a couple of times, and recently, the fact that if you have a one o'clock appointment with him to do an interview or whatever, he's there at one o'clock. Hmm. He doesn't make you wait for thirty minutes or forty minutes or whatever. And 
And so, and I, I thanked him on that one time. I said, you know, coach, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, at, at one o'clock and he, and he told me, he said, your time is valuable too. And he said, you know, my dad who was a, of course a football coach. My dad told me scheduling and time is the be- biggest thing you've got to manage when you're a head coach and you've got, you know, your time is valuable. I don't, I hope you don't waste my time. And, uh, this is the way it works. And, that's very rare for head coaches sometimes. You know, head coaches think the the whole universe revolves around their, their schedule and what they've got to do that day. But yeah. uh, uh, Josh has been really fun to work with, and uh, uh, I, I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's he's, uh, he's very guarded in what he wants to tell you and what he will tell you. But at l- least when you – he doesn't give you those, you know, three-second answers, yes or no, that kind of stuff. He, he'll give you – 15 or 20 second soundbite and then uh but it's pretty much the same stuff all the time but it's still good it's uh but you're right he doesn't he doesn't look behind the curtain very often with other than the alabama and georgia game what's the next trickiest game on the schedule for tennessee this year in your opinion well, i think florida you know, mm-hmm. when you go down to the swamp it'll be a night game so you know the, the the gator fans will be all jacked up down there it's a game that tennessee uh will be heavily favored to win. But when you go down there, you know, Tennessee hadn't won in Gainesville in like 20 years. And so it, uh, it's one of those tricky games that you got to be ready to play. And those games down at Florida can swing on turnovers and interceptions. And so Tennessee's got to take care of the ball. And, and the one thing about Florida, you don't know who their quarterback's going to be or how good their quarterback's going to be, but you know, you, you know, they got athletes. Yeah. And you know they're going to be talented, and you know they're going to play fast, and they're going to play hard, and uh, you got to go, go in there and beat them. I, I, I think that is really – because, as you mentioned, everybody's already talking about Alabama and Georgia. Uh, the interesting thing about the Tennessee schedule this year is they don't play Georgia until November, next to the last game of the season. And, you know, usually that game's in October. So – You've you've kind of got uh, by the time you get to November, you've already got Alabama and Georgia and Florida out of the way, and then you're just trying to to get to the you know end of the season and get a nice bowl game. But now Georgia steps in there, and can you imagine if Tennessee and Georgia are both undefeated going into that game in November? <laughs> are you kidding yeah. me? Rocky Top Holy will be bouncing. Smokes. I'll offer up yeah. one more tricky one. I think the uh, okay. the game at Kentucky. Because of where it is on the schedule, the week after the Alabama game, that that could be a little tricky. Well, you know, traditionally, if you look at teams the week after they play Alabama, they don't play well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons they beat up or they've lost or all those type things, you got to regroup a little bit. Um, Kentucky, uh, I don't know. In the past couple of years, they've just not had the speed to keep up with Tennessee. We'll see if that changes. You know, they. They want to kind of play a different style. They might have. They might be changing that style this year a little bit. They might try and speed up their tempo a little bit and throw the ball. But you know, they they place have played such a run control game that if you score when you're doing that, then you're pretty good. But if you don't score, the other team yeah. starts scoring. You have a hard time keeping up. And so we'll see what Kentucky does. They they'll have uh, they'll have a good team. They'll have a good solid team. I don't know if they're going to be an elite team in the East, but we'll we'll see how that plays out. But you're right that that has kind of a um, little mark there uh, that you better be ready for that one because that could be one of those trip up games. 
Okay, before we get you out of here, uh, two most important questions. Uh, I've been getting a scouting report from all of the SEC broadcasters we've had on the show. What is your yeah. favorite and least favorite visiting radio booths in the SEC? What I'm trying to get a gauge of what I have to look forward to here. Well, the there that's an easy one. It is the worst booth in the history of college football, and it's Auburn. <laughs> now, Auburn... Auburn went from the best booth in the country. Then they renovated their press area. Yeah, the it is now dead in the end zone. We're Almost there next year, year one. You're, well, you bring a big TV monitor because that's the only way you can be able to call the game. You're basically okay. sitting behind the goalpost, and if the ball gets beyond the twenty yard line, the next to you, if it gets to midfield, you got no chance figuring out how many yards the guy gained. And if they get way down to the other end, and, and of course, naturally, where is, where is the, the Jumbotron, the big replay board? It's, it's above behind you. So you can't, yeah. yeah, you can't use that either. So, uh, and then the first time we went in there, I was, they told me, uh, Andy Burton told me that it, it was a terrible booth. And I said, well, I, you know, it's re- renovated, brand new. How could it be that bad? Then you get in there and you go, oh, my gosh, this is impossible. And uh, then they give you, but they said, we'll give you, you'll have a TV monitor. I said, okay, well, you know, we might be able to work that to help spot the ball and those type things. Of course, the TV monitor is on a 10-second delay. So that doesn't help you at all either. (laughs) What about the uh, best? uh, Well, the best, uh, of course, I'm prejudiced. Neyland Stadium has one of the best sight lines. Love Uh, that one. Mm -hmm. uh, LSU's not bad. LSU's okay. not bad, and because um, uh, you're, you're close year too. to the fifty, yeah, you're close to the fifty at at LSU. So LSU's probably the next best. Alabama, uh, you you've got a pretty good sideline. Uh, you're on the but you're on the other side of the field now, and, and you're looking into the sun. Same thing at Texas A&M. Oh. You, you they they moved the press box to the other side. And you're high at Texas A&M, and but you're looking into the sun, and so oh. that that makes it hard. to – to call the game but uh, most of the booths are good except for auburn and okay. I, I a bunch of you know they had an sec uh, announcers meeting they've stopped doing it they used to we used to do it before every season we all go down to birmingham and talk to greg sankey and uh i i complained openly to greg sankey about how unfair it is to to, to work out of that auburn booth and uh um, and of course Greg Sankey said, well, we'll look into that. Well, okay. Right. <laughs> it's still the same. <laughs> you, know, you know how we are on the, on the pecking order of uh, the, they, they yeah. want to take care of the radio broadcasters. We're kind of far down on that pecking list, but that's okay. All right, finally, this is Highbrow Radio here. Uh, Bob, yeah. how do you feel about pimento cheese? That's the question of the day on the show today. Pimento cheese, Can't love it or hate it? it. <laughs> oh, hate it. It's worst. <laughs> It is you agree with my radio partner. partner. That's the okay. correct answer, oh. Bob. Thank you. <laughs> oh. This is uh, about uh, of all the play-by-play uh, guests we've had on. Uh, you by this far have been the best. Yes, Bob's right, been the well, best. Uh, hey, listen, Brussels sprouts and pimento cheese. I I, I can't. Those are, those are killers, man. You can't can't handle that. The so, great anyway. Bob Kessling at Tennessee. They open the season Saturday, September second against Virginia. That'll be an eleven o'clock kickoff our time. From Nashville, they're going to play that game. Bob, I hope you have a great year. Okay, guys. Hey, thanks. Have a good weekend, too. See you. See you, bud. There you go. Bob Kessling, he agrees with you. Hates pimento cheese. And it is unanimous. Auburn.
the worst radio booth in the SEC. <laughs> 8.22 in the morning. We'll be back. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. RK Blatt brings you this hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show. They bring you great office technology solutions. They've been doing it since 1952 for small and medium-sized businesses right here in Oklahoma or in Kansas. Copiers, printers, scanners, document management, rkblatt.com, 405-943-9800. All right, this is going to, uh, Monday's going to test my patience, people. And let me, I've just been Monday. answering some texts. Oh. Yeah, Friday's getting there. So let me explain this. We are not going away. We were 1400 AM, 99.3 FM before 94.7 became an affiliate. Those frequencies will remain the same. They've been there for two decades. They will remain there. We will be on those frequencies on Monday, as well as Tulsa, Lawton, uh, Clinton-Weatherford area, all the other affiliates that have been around the state that have joined our network over the years. All those will still be there. Nothing changes with your Alexa. Nothing changes with your KREF app. Any of that that you may listen to. The other, that frequency had nothing to do with any of that. They were simply an affiliate of our programming. Yep. So 99.3 FM, 1400 AM in Norman are not going anywhere. Those will remain the same. The same as if whatever you told Alexa to listen to us, none of that's going away. That's all the same. You speak to Alexa the same way. (laughs) You open your KREF app the same way. And if you're on those other affiliates, we will still be on those signals Monday morning. None of that changes. Okay? Okay. And the app. And the app, yes. Yeah. I know it's confusing for a lot of people. I know they think we didn't exist until two years ago. For a lot of people, we didn't ago, exist until two years ago. And they're shocked. The mothership of our network is in Norman, Oklahoma. Has been, always that's, will be. That's where the signal originates yes. from. That's where our studio is. That's where everything is, 1400 AM. We send that signal out to other radio stations across the state who sign up to carry our coverage every day. One of those stations we sent it to, was 90, we do send it to for one more day, was 94.7 in Oklahoma City. They're Big wigs in L.A. or New York City have decided they want to be a music station again or whatever. Fine. They're going back. But we are still doing everything else. We're still in Norman. We're still sending our signal out to all the other stations around the state. We're still doing the app. Nothing changes. We are still rolling down the track at a million miles an hour. And uh, the ref army is getting bigger and badder than ever. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Toby, deep breath. You need to take a deep breath and go for a walk. I'm gonna lose it on some people on uh, over uh, next week's uh, time. I'm telling you all now, buckle up, okay? You thought the the Thune Murdoch war was something? Just wait. Are you, who are you going to war with? The confused people. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's half half those people. And morons in other places telling people we are shutting our doors. <laughs> Oh, liars. They've been morons for two decades, too. That hasn't changed. <laughs> oh, my 
face is all red. I've started to sweat a little bit. Michael from Missouri. Toby, <laughs> when do we start the shows at Rudy's? And KREF is the best. Boomer. Thank Sooner. you, Michael. Monday, the Monday of game week, which is, I think I told somebody Tuesday a couple of weeks ago. I was wrong. It's Mondays. Monday, August 28th will be our first shows at Rudy's. 6 o'clock, the Huddle. 7 o'clock, the Brent Venables show. That's the same day, by the way, the new pimento cheese honey pepper chicken sandwich comes out at Chick-fil-A. What a day. What a day to start game week. Uh, Let's get that in there again. Mm -hmm. Wait, what happened with Toby and James? What's the beef? No beef. Somebody made that up. Quit lying to the people. When he called you a terrible play-by-play announcer and you called him (laughs) a hack recruiting expert, uh, you guys went at it. There were uh, uh-huh. fists thrown. You just started spinning your arms in circles. I don't cheat. I don't lie. Uh-huh. It was quite the fight. It was no, quite the fight. Uh, I may be the only person. I mean, you know, I it was it was a big James. time fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no feud whatsoever. TJ's making stuff up. <laughs> pimento cheese made with pimento cheese made with real mayo is bomb. Made with Miracle Whip, it's trash. Get ready for controversy. <laughs> well, that reminds me. Let's update everybody on the poll now that Bob Kessling has thrown his weight behind terrible. Uh, pimento cheese, question of the day. 256 of you have voted already. 59% say tremendous. 41% terrible. This is not a runaway. Johnny Baseball says pimento cheese sandwich and a Dr. Pepper. Really nothing better. Uh, the OU Architect says, I agree with TJ. Terrible stuff. I went barbecue sandwich at Augusta. OU Architect, as always, slightly flexing that he has been to the Masters. Brooks says, Crest has some really good uh, pimento cheese. Um, Brian says, Reba's Place down in Atoka has fried green tomatoes that come yeah, with we've pimento We've had a cheese. few people on the uh, text line here, and I hadn't got to them yet. I saw Reba's name popping up, so it must be really good. Cruz and Sooner says on club or Ritz crackers. It's amazing. OGRV says this sandwich sounds, talking about the Chick-fil-A sandwich, sounds like a fever dream of a pregnant woman. (laughs) Jesse, Red Dirt Jesse says that's the official cheese of UT. Disgusting. So this is a, this could be a close vote here. Uh, My wife, very much on your side of this argument, by the way. Smart woman. Mm-hmm. A pimento cheese sandwich with a light sprinkling of sliced olives is to die for. <laughs> to die for, huh? <laughs> All right. Why would anybody listen to any other morning show? <laughs> Maybe we are going huh? away. Maybe we are going away Monday. This is it. Right we now with be. pimento cheese. The ref will continue. You and I might be going away. <laughs> With that that little uh, luncheon we're having with uh, Steely today, right? We might be getting a pink it's slip. It's a send off. Yeah, that's right. You know how they never tell them before they go on the air. That's they don't true. let anybody back that's on the true. air. They always fire them after their show, so that they can't say anything bad about them. So, what's going on, guys? Do a lot of your listeners have flip phones or something? <laughs> it has been a hard concept for some people to wrap their heads around, and and I get it. If you're not in the radio world. Or if you didn't find us until a couple of years ago, you may think we didn't exist until a couple of years ago. 
But I'm going to ask you to sit down because this is really going to rattle your knees. TJ and I have been doing this show now for over 20 years together. You have spent at least 18 years listening to garbage you didn't have to listen to before you found Correct. us. Correct. Think of how much better your lives could have been if you would have found us from the beginning. This show's been around for a long time. I would argue it's got to be, I mean, I could think of one other show that's probably been going longer than mm-hmm. ours, but it's got to be second. There's not in many the in the state, second I don't oldest. think. Like with multiple people. Yeah. Like single hosts may have been in some markets, but. Right. Man, so we're old. We're not, go- we're not going anywhere. Much, much like pimento cheese, we're not going anywhere. Much like pimento cheese, some people love us, some people hate us. All right. <laughs> 8.35. Some would say I smell like pimento <laughs> cheese. We'll be back. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Thunder schedule out yesterday, Teach. I assume that means the Mavs schedule out, too. I'm confused about one thing. Can you help me with one thing here? Okay. So these in se- this in-season tournament that we're having, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. These games are sprinkled throughout the schedule. Do they also count against your record? Are they are they part of the eighty two? Are they extra? I thought it was extra. Is it not? That's I'm so, what I'm asking. Well, you. I know I'm so confused by this in season tournament thing that I don't know the answer to that. Let's see rules and format. Let's see if this tells us anything. Uh, the inaugural in-season tournament will tip Friday, November 3rd. The championship is Saturday, December 9th. The semifinals are on December 7th. The uh, the in-season tournament will consist of two stages, group play and knockout rounds. It doesn't sound like that's part of the 82 games. All 67 games across both stages of the in-season tournament will count towards the regular season standings except for the championship game. Each team will continue to play 82 regular season games in the 2023-24 season, including those games that are part of group play and the knockout rounds. So there you go. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. So, for example, the so OKC opens the season on the road October 25th at Chicago. First two games on the road, Chicago and Cleveland. First home game, by the way, is against the champs. Denver here on Sunday, October 29th. It is the start of a six-game homestand, which will be fun. One of the games in that homestand against Golden State on November 3rd is their first in-season tournament group play game. So I was like, is that a real game? Does that count? Are we sitting all our starters for that? So that makes more sense. 
you're not going to be sitting starters or anything. These games count. These are regular season games that count against the 82. There's this also this like side pot going on mm-hmm. where when you play these teams, you're competing for this in-season tournament crowd, a crown, which I think there's a financial inducement to that, right? There, you get a nice yes, check if you win it. There's a bonus at the end, yeah. And they're part okay. of Thunder, part of West Group C. With Golden State, Sacramento, San Antonio, and Minnesota? Minnesota, yeah. I was thinking Dallas was in our group, but I guess uh, they're not. Dallas Are you in a different in, group? Uh, B, with the Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans, Mavs, and Rockets. Other notable uh, about yesterday's release, 13 games on national TV for the Thunder this year. Zero last year. So that's uh, there must be a, a little more excitement about this team after they uh, – they made that run that was unexpected a year ago. So, October twenty fifth. Let's see, August when we were two, just over two months away from the start of the Thunder season. Okay, uh, empty out a, a few more texts before uh, we bring Plank in here. TJ, what else are people saying out there today? Uh, somebody stopped and is stinking up the office with pimento cheese. This one says, "Um, my cousin. Uh, well, is my cousin? Yeah, he's my cousin." who is a huge, he's, he's a Tennessee season ticket holder, was listening to our interview. Mm-hmm. He lives in Nashville today. Yes. Big Bob Kessling fan. And uh, he texted me, uh, Bob is a nice guy, but he is dead wrong on pimento cheese. <laughs> so we have started a rift among Volunteer Nation today. <laughs> Bob's approval ratings are taking a dive right now in the state of Tennessee. Uh, fellas, when you buy olives, there is a pimento in the red thing. In the middle is a pimento. All right, there you go. Yeah, I don't buy olives, but that's good to know. Do you like olives? Uh, no, I'm not a fan of yeah, olives either. either. Yeah, yeah. No debate. If you can figure out ESPN+, Plus. You will have no problem with the KREF app. That's Colorado Sooner. Much easier. This is much easier. Pastor MC says, I was in Israel. Listen to the ref app. Clear as a bell. Yes. Um, Let's see here. See previous text. Mrs. Baseball Ross from childhood, a huge grilled uh, pimento cheese sandwich fan. Not me. Normal cheese for me. She says, in her many decades of eating pimento cheese, the best she's tasted since childhood was at a restaurant in Broken Bow. She tracked it down to a place in Tennessee or Mississippi, but they only sell it in large containers to restaurants. Fascinating. I've never tried grilled pimento cheese sandwich. Sounds like that could be messy. <laughs> Loud and clear on the buzz here in Tulsa, as always. Thank you, Jay, in Tulsa. You will Nothing remain the changes same. for Nothing you folks changes. in Tulsa. Nothing, Nothing at all. Yeah. TJ, I'm very confused by what you said earlier. Could you repeat it all again? No. Shut up. So my college roommate, not Travis, the first one, Sweet Pea, uh, is a character, okay? And well, the name he is Sweet texted, Pea. What do you expect? He texted me during the last commercial break and says, so you guys aren't going to be on the radio anymore? You're just going to be on uh, the app now? I was like, dude, you're amazing. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, 
Some people uh, just text me. Uh, the switch may have happened sooner than we thought. It may not wait till 6 p.m. So I don't know. Oh, it switched back. Never mind. All right. It was Hispanic music apparently for a few minutes. Uh... That's one of the problems, honestly. <laughs> there were issues. There were issues. Yeah. Right, Trust ahead. me. There are a lot of issues. Uh, someone here saying I'm going to. Let me uh, ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, we had to change a bunch of stuff when when that. Are we allowed to go back to doing some of the stuff we were doing before now? Yes. Like, are my highlights still outlawed, or can we? I know? hey, I'm saying they're not outlawed any longer. I'm Bring rolling back, with them. baby. I'm rolling with them on uh, Mondays Plank, after game highlights, highlights. Everything. We're back. We're back, baby. <laughs> DJ is going to uh, spontaneously combust. I, I predict it will be sometime around King of the Mountain. Uh, might be true. What is pimento cheese? Just kidding. <sighs> that stuff is disgusting. Just like hummus. Mm. Yeah, I'm not a hummus fan. Strong either. opinions on our, our question of the day. Yeah. Let's get an updated. Uh, well, I'll update you on the poll when we, when we come back from this break. Chris Blank joins us to wrap up the week next. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com.